I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. So today I want to talk about the touchy subject of touch. And I want to talk about it in a couple of ways, actually, because this for me has arisen twofold. A lot of what we've been living through in the last year has been about restricted touch, restrictions in all kinds of ways. But, you know, we haven't been able to touch. We've been kind of cautioning each other, don't be touching, don't touch, don't shake hands, don't hug. And, you know, there is an impact. I think when we make these very significant changes to how we live and interact with each other, there is a significant consequence to all of that. So I wanted to talk about touch and how we can you know, bring touch in in a playful way with our children and why that's important. But also I got a a couple, this has come up a couple of times, but a, a question quite recently from a parent who was just curious, not worried um, and rightly so not worried, but just curious about how should I handle the fact that my young child does a lot of self-touch and what that meant was touching her genitals. Um, I had another one in about a little boy doing this as well, different ages, you know, four, five, six, up to nine years old, you know, putting their hands down their their pants and, you know, touching themselves and the parents saying, oh, you know, are you sore? Is something wrong? You know, why are you doing this? And a child simply responding I'm doing it because I want to and I just love that I just love that about children about how they're so literal in how they respond to us and you know when you think about it children love touch of course they do they are tactile touch seeking little beings and also hold in mind especially the younger ones they're still largely uninhibited at the at those ages you know kind of up to seven even eight and nine for some of them you know so it, it really is that if it feels nice, I'm going to do it because I want to. And I'm not aware of any kind of social norms or any kind of, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. And I think that's really important in how we approach it. So of course, my message is that you never shame your child for being curious about their bodies, for wanting to touch their own bodies, to from finding pleasure in touching their own bodies. That is not something that we, you know, punish or correct or shame, but we may want to respond with boundaries and limit setting. And what that might be is paying attention to when they do it often. And certainly in the, the story that came in recently, it was while that child was relaxing, you know, when they were seeking a bit of comfort and this felt really nice and comforting to do. So it was, you know, sitting on the sofa watching TV and often it's quite mindless. I'm not even aware I'm doing it till you ask me. And so one thing you can do is when you see hands getting busy, you look to make them busy in another way and you say, hey, can you go get me that? Let's do something. Let's pass a ball between us. Can you find something? Can we play something? You you ask me to do something that requires that I take my hands out of my pants and do something else. And you may want to put that boundary down that you say, it's okay that you would touch yourself, but there are some rules about it. So what we say is you must wash your hands before and after touching your body, because I want to make sure that you don't get an infection or that there's no, you know, you're not going to hurt yourself in any way and that our hands are clean before we touch ourselves. 
and you only do it in your bedroom or wherever it is that we don't touch our bodies when there's lots of other people around us because it might be perfectly fine that they do it in your house but you might be concerned that you don't want them doing it in somebody else's house so you respond with kindness you normalize exploring our bodies our children are really curious of course they are and they're learning about you know I have this and someone else has that and things are the same or things are different and that lovely innate curiosity that tactile touch seeking that ability to know what makes me feel good I mean isn't that just so smart and that's what we want for our children to know what feels good for them and to be able to give themselves joy and pleasure and comfort and self-regulation and all of those things so I don't see it as a problem I certainly don't see it as something to correct, but I do understand that it's something you want to put good hygiene practice about and something you want to encourage boundaries and limits about. And I think that's really important. And beyond that, I thought, you know, while we're talking about that, I also wanted to talk a little bit about touch in general and why it's important and why at the moment the fact that we don't have enough touch and I would say that openly actually I don't think we have enough touch in our lives at the moment and we're seeing you know skyrocketing levels of stress and anxiety in young people I'm not saying it's solely because of touch but that's a part of it because touch lowers stress and touch lowers anxiety and that's well proven with research Um, you know so it is something that we look at in terms of correlation think about touch Okay, and really think about it now. Touch is the first sense we experience in life when we're born, and it's the last sense to leave us when we die. The skin is the largest organ in the body. And I'm thinking of uh, a clinical researcher, Dr. Tiffany Fields, who's done huge amounts of research about touch. You know, she's done it in all kinds of ways, looking at the correlation of low touch societies and high aggression in young people versus high touch societies that have lower levels of aggression and there's some really interesting stuff there if anybody was interested and wanted to find out more about that but one of her studies her earlier studies in the field of touch centered on premature babies who spent time in the NICU in the neonatal ICU and what they discovered initially was giving those babies doties or dummies or pacifier soothers to suck on actually stimulated touch sense inside their mouths those babies gained weight quicker and were discharged quicker and when they expanded that and they started to massage those little babies and use lots of touch and you know really deep pressure proprioceptive touch the findings were astounding you know those babies were being discharged a lot quicker they were recovering a lot quicker and that's great from the baby and the parents point of view but from a hospital business point of view the cost savings of course were huge and so We look at touch as something that's not just nice. Actually, it has this huge impact on our bodies, on our brains, on our social, emotional, even physical well-being. It matters. It lowers cortisol levels in our body. And any of us who've ever felt stressed and said, gosh, I really need a massage. That's exactly actually that's exactly rather what's happening there is something in you is saying, Oh, I feel tense. I'm holding stuff in my body. And if somebody rubs and touches and rolls that out of me, I'm going to feel a lot better. So we know that touch, that could be a blow dry, a massage, a facial. It could be anything like that. Even a particular type of physio might do it for you or using aromatherapy oils. We know what feels good and touch lowers the stress levels in our bodies. And that's always a good thing. 
we have to start thinking about touch as a normal, healthy part of all of our, I'm going to say parent-child interaction, parent-teen interaction, but I'm going to go a step further and say human interaction. We are relational beings. We need touch. Okay, and I think there's something that we can do about playing with touch and there's different ways of doing that. You can have touch because touch organizes us, you know, it helps us to feel grounded and safe. So in that context, we can talk about, you know, structuring touch, touch that, you know, creates that sense of inner state felt safety. I feel safe from the inside out. Um, I'm thinking about activities that you could do now that are quite structuring and involve touch. A hand stack. Simply doing a stack of hands, that's something everybody can do. Stack up and back down, up and back down. And as you go up with your child and they disappear from your sight, do a little bit of, where are you gone? Where are you gone? Oh, there you are. And back down. Okay. And with younger children, you might want to do that with your fists. Make a stack of fists because you'll get up quicker. And with older children or children who are a bit reluctant to do it with you, why don't you do a finger stack, just index fingers going up? I mean, it actually, the joke's on them. It takes much longer to get up and down, but it's another way of keeping that that soothing, coordinated movement, those sensory experience. You're in a relatively close face-to-face position. There's a whole lot going on with that. Um, I also think that, you know, touch is a very engaging thing to do and it creates a lot of, you communicate, you know, safety, acceptance, playfulness, empathy in a laughing, joking, fun way. These are, you know, the kinds of activities that naturally require touch. You know, the touch is a natural part of, I'm thinking again here of something you could do really quickly, like a clapping game. A sailor went to sea or, you know, game of sevens or any kind of clapping game. The older your child, you might want to age these up. And I mention a few of these in one of my books, actually, as well about the importance of rhythm and synchrony and clapping games. But if you take yourself onto YouTube and remind yourself of a few of these or let your child teach you one, that's another way of doing that. You could bring in another thing that's quite fun, engaging, but has a little bit of challenge inherently built in. Because again, the older your child the more they respond to challenge play, but still get that nurturing touch in there by doing something like a thumb wrestle and increase the level of nurture by, because, and make it more challenging, by the way, by covering your hands in lotion and rubbing lotion into their hands. You've inadvertently gotten a little hand massage in there. Now, when you do your thumb wrestle, one hand, the other hand, cross your wrist and do two hands together, um, you're getting lots of touch in, but you're doing it through a challenge activity. So look, already you've got, you know, your hand stack, you've got your clapping games and you've got your thumb wrestle and then your lotioned thumb wrestle. There's loads of things there. And the nurturing touch in general, you can simply keep it as a nurture piece. You could notice, you could see what little adventure marks your little person has. And if they're playing and active, they've got adventure marks. I'm calling adventure marks what you'd call cuts and bruises and bumps. But part of playing is getting cuts and bruises and bumps. So, you know, I like to call them adventure marks. And when you notice them, you can say, oh, I see you have a new adventure mark. I'll just give it a little kiss or I'm just going to rub a little bit of lotion in to that and you're doing lots of lovely notice and nurture with that you could also do a little bit of feeding and make it playful with an older child I tend to get an uncooked spaghetti string and pick up something like like a little hula hoop crisp or an onion ring crisp or a little Haribo jelly ring something like that pick it up with this the spaghetti string and try and balance one end of my mouth and bring the treat to the child's mouth a bit like lady and the tramp so again you're bringing in some challenge but keeping it really nurturing 
You could also have them close their eyes and say they have to guess what you're touching their face with. It could be a cotton ball or a feather. It should not be hard for them to guess because this isn't a game about accuracy. It's about receiving that lovely, gentle, nurturing, grounding, organizing touch. So they keep their eyes closed and you stroke one side of their face with a cotton ball. They say it was a cotton ball, a feather. If they get it wrong, please don't correct them. Just say great guessing doesn't matter. It's not about the accuracy. It's about the interaction. Any activities like that are going to be beautiful ways to play with touch. And at the moment, I'm going to ask and suggest that we all increase the level of touch that we're doing in our 15 minutes of play every day, just because our children aren't getting enough of it otherwise. One of the things I mentioned earlier on, just to come back to, is about physical touch, lowering cortisol levels in the body and calming us down because it relieves stress. It, it's been proven to decrease anxiety levels, especially the overt symptoms of anxiety. It doesn't cure it, but lowers those overt symptoms and the physical experience of it. The same with depression. And it increases a sense of comfort and a sense of containment. There's a study done back in 2006 and James Cohn was a researcher who was looking at how touch can lower physical pain. And he did some of this study with couples who declared themselves to be madly in love. And he tested, you know, stress levels um, by somebody who was alone and said, yes, I'm, I'm loved and I love somebody. And then he retested their responses when that person was holding the hand of their loved one. And another part of the study looked at somebody who presented in A&E in pain, in a state of physical pain. And obviously then their stress levels, their cortisol levels are high as a result of that. But that same person, when holding the hand of a loved one, now not somebody you're a little bit fond of, but somebody you truly love and are loved by, what they noticed was that all of those pain impulses in the body lowered, didn't disappear, but they lowered. The people felt physically better when they were touched and touching a loved one. That's really significant and really important for us to hold in mind. You know, we have to kind of look at opportunities now for how can we make ourselves and each other feel better. And, you know, I've gone through a number of games with you about touch, but just to end on another one or two for this episode, because I want to give you tons of ideas about it. Again, I'll nudge you towards the 15 minute parenting books because touch runs through those books. Um, you know, sometimes people go, oh, there she is with her touch stuff again. But it's only because I know how effective it is for all of these stress impulses that we have in our bodies. But if at nighttime, because sometimes that's when our children are holding little residual tensions, first of all, try to do some play before bed that elicits authentic, genuine laughter, because laughter is a great way to release residual tension in the body. But when you have them in bed, do a couple of touch-based playful activities to finally wind down at that point of separation when you're saying good night now, goodbye. They might lie on their tummy and you can do this on the skin on their back or if they're more comfortable doing it over their pajama top, that's fine. Using the tips of your fingers, you're going to drum on their back like and make rain. You're making it rain. You're drumming on their back. Then you're going to take the your flat hands, the edge of them, and you're going to make chopping movements like thunder. Then use a dough like as if you were kneading dough um, to make clouds 
coming in on the back. So you're doing that lovely kneading move around their back. And then you can move your hands side to side and perhaps if you want, even blow lightly on the nape of their neck to do wind. And then taking the palm of your hand, make large circles all around their back for sun. And you're going to spend, you know, a minute doing each of those. And at the end, say, what was your favorite weather? And repeat that one so they end on the one they liked the best. That's basically a back massage. But I prefer, you know, with children, I think massage is quite an adult word and concept. Calling it a weather report is a nicer way to do it. You could even make a pizza on their back, draw a circle, rub on the tomato sauce, scatter on the cheese, chop on the pepperoni, whatever way you want to do it, make a little pizza on their back as well, slice it up into triangles. Anything that brings playful touch in. And just as you say goodbye and goodnight, do a top to toe nurture touch based goodnight. Say goodnight forehead, little kiss, goodnight nose, little kiss, goodnight chin, little kiss, shoulders, tummy, all the way down to toes. And that's a lovely countdown. It's a lovely way of doing a nurture touch based body scan. So what I'm going to say is talk to your children about positive, healthy touch. Talk to them about boundaries and limits and that it is healthy and normal for them to touch, explore and be curious about their bodies. But there are ways that we put limits and boundaries around that in a kind way. And in all other ways that you're working and parenting with children, please embrace opportunities for playful touch. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-Minute Parenting.